Welcome to Fintech Chatting, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech Executive Search. Follow us on your favorite podcast player or Fintech Chatter TV on YouTube. Welcome to part two of the three-part special of Fintech Chatter, recorded live from the British Consulate in Sydney. I'm your host, Dexter Cousins. Back in 2018, I began supporting the work of the UK Department of Business and Trade in their efforts to establish a UK Oz FinTech bridge. Each year, a UK FinTech mission heads down under as part of Intersect Week. It's a fantastic opportunity, not only to showcase what Australia has to offer, but to learn from our UK cousins. So over this three-part series, I'm bringing interviews with the delegates, sharing their insights, experiences, and thoughts to the Australian fintech community. In this episode, I chat to three fintechs who are about to launch in Australia. NCC Group is already established here in Oz as a cyber solution, and they're about to launch a new business which could help fintechs and banks enter into commercial agreements much faster and at a much lower cost and risk. Knowit is the first Scottish fintech we featured on Fintech Chatter. Founder Lynn Darcy Quigley shares her journey as a business owner to fintech founder undergoing global expansion. And Nigel Bridges is the CEO of Veracity Trust Network, an AI and machine learning fintech helping banks beat fraud and scams. If you've just discovered the show, please consider following us on your podcast player and leaving a review. It really helps others like you discover the show. And if you're coming back, thanks for your support. Abby from NCC Group is joining me now. Abby, welcome first of all to Australia and second of all to Fintech Chatter. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Now, uh, where's that accent from? <laughs> um, Bolton, Manchester. Yeah. 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 I've, I have a friend who's from Bolton. Right. Lives in Bondi, but hates the sand. Wow, yeah. that's um, yeah, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Abby. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and then NCC. My name's Abby Thornley. Um, I work for a company called NCC Group. I've worked there for around eight years now um, in various different sales positions, selling to different sectors of our customer base, um, and I'm the newly appointed sales manager of our Australian branch. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. You must be the envy of your company to be the one who's got this gig. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're going to chat a little bit more about Australia. Um, mm -hmm. But first of all, tell me about NCC and what you do. So there are there are two divisions of NCC Group. So most people know us as a cybersecurity business, which is absolutely relevant. But I work for the other side of NCC, which is our software resilience business, which is fundamentally software escrow. So if anybody's familiar with the term of escrow, it's about there being a third party that will hold on to an asset, keep that safe and release that asset under predetermined legal conditions if it is needed. So software escrow being very similar to that, but we're talking about technology being the asset that's held and protected. So we kind of bridge the gap between a software provider and a software customer. And from the software customer's perspective, hold on to the technology that they would need if a 
disaster scenario were to take place. So our solution is a business continuity service. Uh, we make sure that they would have access to exactly what they would need if they were in a situation where they found themselves needing it because of supplier failure. So from the other perspective, that of the software provider, um, and this is particularly relevant in the fintech world, we allow them to get access to bigger customers. We allow fintechs to be really innovative and take their proposition to a bank and say, hey, we've created this incredible bit of tech and you want to work with us without any concerns around the fact that we're perhaps um, only three years old as a business or we're a, a team of one or just a couple of people because we have an escrow service in place and we can mm. make sure that you would actually have access to everything that you would need in the unimaginable event that yeah. something were to go wrong. So one of the biggest challenges that we've kind of seen here in the, the Australian uh, ecosystem has been collaboration between incumbents, you know, and large mm -hmm. corporates and, and startups. What kind of effect or, or kind of impact have you seen this type of service have on the UK ecosystem? It's huge. I mean, what we what we do has been around, well, we've been providing these services for 33, I think, years now. Um, the impact, it, it really does facilitate that innovation. It mm. allows banks to work with the companies that they want to work with without that fear of the worst happening. Um, so it breeds innovation. It helps support the fintech ecosystem in, in building out and it helps new startups actually get access to those bigger customers. Yeah. Um, Australia's, you know, a, a, a other side of the world is, mm -hmm. you know, obviously not as big a market as Europe, nowhere near as big a market as, as the US. What was the thinking behind coming out to Australia? So we've assessed the market base. Um, we've assessed our current customer base as well. So we do already have relationships here. Um, I can't name names, of course, but we, we protect the software of the banks that you'll be thinking of um, yep. when you look at the market here. We don't protect all the software. So there are definitely existing relationships that we can leverage. Um, that's going to be the starting point is, is looking to build out on what we already have, but then to start to work more proactively with the, the tier twos and the challenger banks and actually the fintechs themselves as well. Um, so we, we look to not only you know, mitigate risk for the banks um, or the software customers in general, but actually partner with the fintechs and help them use our services to differentiate themselves from competitors and, um, yeah, use it as that USP, basically. Um, so how have you found Australia so far? Have you you've been here long? I've been here since Thursday, so three or four days now. This is my first time in Australia, so it was it was a big decision to sort of make the leap and, and come here and decide to emigrate. Well, but, you're looking at somebody who did it 20 years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. Landed Any regrets? With a, none at all. Great. No. Yeah, <laughs> landed with a suitcase and a laptop. Yeah. And that was it. No friends, had a job. Well, that... Hadn't been here before. Yeah, that, that's my situation. So this um, this event and the opportunity to be here has been really fortuitous, yeah. actually, because um, it wasn't part of the initial plan, but the timing is incredible because now I've been in Sydney for a few days and I love it. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm from Manchester, so that, that's where I live currently. And 
It's a great the rainiest, city. Rainiest city in the world, Manchester, we, isn't it? We haven't seen the sun since June <laughs> this year. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think I've fallen in love with it here. Yeah. And I'm really excited. Now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And look, it's, a, it's an incredible, incredible place to live. Now, I'm going to test your knowledge of Australia. Okay. I got a question here from the official citizenship test. Okay. Which I got to sit 12 years ago, <laughs> and I got 19 out of 20 on. Uh, Congratulations. My wife, my wife got 20 out of 20, so she holds the uh, you know, she she holds the upper hand in the cousin's household. Quite right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the largest state in Australia? A. South Australia. B. Western Australia. C. New South Wales. Or D. Queensland. Western Australia. And that is correct. <laughs> there you go. You've uh, you're one step closer to passing, passing your citizenship Ooh. test. <laughs> I just tried to picture the map in my mind. Abby, <laughs> 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 well, it's been fantastic to chat with you. Um, where can people find out more about NCC and what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, on LinkedIn, Abigail Thornley, um, on our and on our website as well, NCC Group Software Resilience. I'm joined by Lynn from Knowit. Lynn, welcome to Australia. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, great to have you with us. So um, that's a beautiful accent you've got there. Where's that from? Scotland. Yeah. Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah. Um, well, it's fantastic to have you here in Oz. Uh, you've been here for about a week, Lynn. What, what's your kind of take on it so far? It's been really good for us. Yeah. You know, people have been great. The contacts have been great. Partners we've met have been really encouraging. Now, tell us a little bit about Know It. Okay, so we're um, Scottish-based. Um, we probably class ourselves as a bit of a scale-up um, in Scotland at the moment. Um, we serve the UK SME with credit control process in the cloud. Um, so we do everything from checking their credit rating, offering them you know, credit advice, going into the chase piece where we, we chase all their creditors. And then if they need commercial litigation and debt recovery, we do it all in platform. Um, we're quite unique um, in terms of, you know, our offering. Um, and we decided that we would look at the Australian market. Um, even though we are at scale up stage, we find that, you know, why not our technologies every day it's getting old. So, you know, why not come out to Australia and, and look at the market? And, you know, that's why we're here. Um, so zero con last week, you're going to intersect this week. Yeah. Um, what, what was your kind of sense as to what the market is like here in Australia? Yeah, I think ZeroCon, um, we do London. We have done London. We'll do London next year. So coming to ZeroCon Australia, um, Sydney was really important for us as part of the journey, you know, to see what, um, just what the chat is, you know, do they behave the same way as us? Is mm. the accountants and the bookkeepers have the same app appetite? You know, do they want to digitise their business? You know, things like that. So, and we found that to be really encouraging. You know, it's it's it was super uh, vibrant, the same as it is in London. Um, the app partners were fantastic and everybody was really interested in what we had to offer. Cool. And I want to talk a little bit about the kind of history of Noah. When did you, when did you found? So we founded in 2019. Wow. So it's a pretty, pretty young company then. Yeah, we launched in 2022. Right. So we're super new. Um, but my, my background is I've been in commercial debt recovery and litigation for 30 years um, in the UK. And I have a debt recovery and commercial agency that's about 17 years old back home. So this was a kind of spin out for us mm. to see if we could 
helped the SME from a digital perspective, um, especially when COVID came in. Yeah. Um, it was just supporting that SME on tax making digital in the UK has, has kind of forced all of the SMEs to use, you know, a zero, a sage, a QuickBooks, you know, they yeah. the, the have to use an app. Um, and we just found that, you know, this was an, a really, really good opportunity f- to go from a, an original business model, which we still hold, to go into the SaaS products mm-hmm. where we could plug in our platform. For, from your personal perspective then, Lynn, what, what did you find were the challenges of you making that transition to a you know, traditional business founder and then a yeah. tech founder? Yeah. I mean, it's like miles apart you know so different um and i'm not a tech person so um it was really important for me to hire a really fantastic tech team round about me so mm. i suppose i'm i'm the ceo and the founder but i'm the kind of person that goes i have all the, the experience but i can't build it mm. you know so that was um so that transition was hard yeah and i was an outsider complete outsider you know because we are commercial debt recovery and litigation um and i was now going into tech um but i have to say you know we worked with like um, the SDI, TDI, FinTech Scotland, you know, stuff like that. And they really embraced us, you know, into the, uh, you know, into the ecosystem. And the fact that we do all the, you know, zero coins and account techs yeah. and stuff like that, it's really helped us, you know, embed ourselves. Yeah. Um, and also when we've employed, we've employed staff who are already in that ecosystem. Yeah. So it kind of takes away the fact that I'm not in it, but I don't feel like that now. Mm. I feel as if I'm... I'm embedded now um, and I'm part of them and I can give a solution and and I come with a different skill set. Wanted to ask you as well about the the, the kind of talent side because Glasgow, you know, isn't renowned for being a fintech centre, mm. um, you know, but that's probably ignorance on behalf of, you know, London yeah. gets all the credit. Yeah. Um, I, I'm obviously, a, you know, native Geordie where yeah, we're yeah. kind of pretty yeah, we're still proud of the the region, and yeah, I've watched and and always have you know um, appreciated the level of talent that we have in the you know north of north of London, yeah, and kind of in in Scotland and in, in north of England. How have you found you know the I guess the, you know the the access to talent, and how have you found being able to scale the business when you're not in that kind of ecosystem of London. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like a completely different country, right? It's- it so is. And I know you're absolutely right. But, you know, thankfully, um, Scotland's tech ecosystem is just outstanding. Mm. You know, we have fantastic universities that are incubating talent, you know, like there is no tomorrow. You know, the, the you know, FinTech, MedTech, you know, I mean, the stuff coming out of uh, uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh is just phenomenal right now, um, which is great. And we have... You know, big spin-outs like Barclays Eagle Lab who are nurturing and, you know, giving real good talent out to the, you know, businesses like mine. Yeah. So I've not had, I've not struggled at all. Yeah. You know, it's been really great. We've got great talent in the business. Um, But I think there's a certain level of talent for me. It's always entering when they're young and, you know, they're entrepreneurial and, yeah. you know, it's, it's you're getting them at a nice sweet spot. They're just out of yeah. universities or, you know, they're incubating, they're full of ideas, they're quite entrepreneurial. Um. You know, whether they hang about or they stay about in your business almost doesn't matter. Mm. The fact you've got them for that moment and you can teach them and mould them. And, you know, so I, I'm having fun. It's you know, the whole London thing doesn't really affect us in Glasgow. Yeah. You know, we're getting good talent, good people. Um, and they love the startup journey there, you know, because you need to love a startup journey. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. 
you know. No, um, I'm going to test your knowledge of Aussie, Aussiness. Oh my, oh my God, so yeah. I'm going to feel an Aussiness. Yeah. Okay. So here we go, right? This is a one that's um, going to see whether you've done some of your research. Oh my God, okay. What percentage of Australians live on the coast? A, 70%, B, 80%, C, 100%, or D, 90%? 70, maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. If you're gonna, if you're gonna travel all this way to start another life, you're gonna take advantage of the beautiful features so that we've 90. got here. It's ninety percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get so it. if you're set, I get it. if you're setting up right, and yeah, it has to be near the beach. It's got to be right. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Lynn, it's been fantastic to catch up with you. Good luck with the rest of the trip. Thank you. Um, keep in touch with us. I will if do. If you do come out to Oz, we'll keep an eye out on Know It as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks very much. Thank you. Nigel Bridges from Veracity Trust Network is here to tell me about bots and cybersecurity. Nigel, welcome to Australia and welcome to Fintech Chatter. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, just to give you a very quick brief of what we do, um, yeah, the world of cyber is just really complex and you're getting a lot of bots out there on the internet pretending to be humans, getting into ecosystems, doing horrible, nasty stuff. And we're in the business of stopping bots before they get into you know, your, your back-end systems and stealing your data and putting ransomware on and that kind of stuff. So, so that's what we do. It's all very important stuff. Um, if you go onto a website... That's great. We'll let you through because you're a human. If a clever bot goes onto a website pretending to be a human, we will work out whether it's human or not. And if it's not, we'll chuck you out before you right. do any damage. I was going to ask you why you've decided to look at Australia, but given the data breaches, <laughs> yeah, it seems there, like a really a, stupid question. There's a clue us. there. <laughs> but but that's absolutely right because you know if you're in a regulated sector, as indeed uh, so many of us are, then a data breach can take you down. Even if you're an SME, you a data breach, you might survive it, but your customers are not, not going mm. to like it. So confidence drops, everything drops. And so, we're, yeah, we're simply in that business of stopping that sort of nasty stuff happening. And unfortunately, in these days of AI and sophistication, yeah. these bots are getting more and more sophisticated. So we need to be far more sophisticated yeah. in detecting them. Yeah. I think it's one of the challenges that we have in society with technology is that um you know whilst it's in incredible power to have and it can do a lot of good it usually tends to go into the wrong hands first of all and people find out that the bad things you can do with it <laughs> before we get mainstream adoption of the good things yeah yeah that's absolutely right i, I mean it's an arms race yeah in, in the end of the day so we're not in the business of stopping a human being going into a in, into websites, whatever. You've got other really good technology that can yeah. do that. Yeah, identity checking tech it, is really strong these days. You know, are you that Fred Smith rather than the other yeah. Fred Smith? But there's an abs there's a weak spot in going, are you Fred Smith or are you a very clever bot who's stolen all of Fred Smith's details and is now trying to get in pretending mm. to be Fred Smith? So th there's a real vulnerability there. Yeah. That's what we're trying to stop. And these things are getting more sophisticated yeah. all the time, so we have to get more sophisticated and trying to stop them. So can you give me some ideas to the size of this problem that you're solving? Um, ma massive is, yeah, is the obvious yeah. answer. But um, 
So if we look across our client base, let me just pull some statistics out. Somewhere between about 30 to 50% of visitors going to a website who have got through all of the current defences, so people will have all their defences in place, somewhere between 30 and 50% of the visitors that get through are bots. Wow. So it is still a very large number. So I'll give you a case in purpose. So we've got a, a client in the UK, an insurance company. They've got the, the software in place that everyone knows and loves to try and stop all these nasty things happening. We deployed our software, and they're currently running between 30 35% bots getting through that existing software that we then stop so we are we're the last yeah. bouncer on the door yeah to stop those really nasty ones those clever ones getting through nigel on this trip what what kinds of businesses and, and, and people are you keen to connect with that's a great question I, let, let's split the world into two regulated and unregulated on the regulated side so b2b organizations smes and corporates uh, in terms of regulated industries if they have data breaches for example then regulators jump up and down their heads yeah. very very heavily um, and so we will be another layer of defense to stop those kind of breaches mm. so it's on the regulated side so that's you know fin- um, financial um services companies insurance legal for example is a good good area that, that we we can help with on the unregulated side that's also an area of interest to us so for example e-commerce and online shopping the last thing you want is bots getting into your inventory mm. tying your inventory up all of that kind of stuff so again it's applicable across both regulated and non-regulated but the real key is If you've got a website presence and you are attracting people into your organization through your website, then you are also attracting the bad players and bots. And that's what we're looking to stop. Yeah. Now, this is a a solution that typically gets kind of positioned towards enterprise and is extremely expensive to implement and then... Uh, you know, continue to support. You mentioned SME quite a bit. Yeah. Is this a, a priced towards that market as well? Or is that a, an enterprise solution? No, no, it, this fits all levels of market. So um, we're definitely, it's definitely B2B. So it yeah. will not fit the consumer market yeah. at all. But in terms of B2B, SMEs upwards, it fits all of those. Um, you talk about implementation. Um, contrary to most solutions in this in this sector we're actually very straightforward to implement and we will work with the existing cyber ecosystem that's the key so a lot of organizations will have their own cyber in place we will just segue straight into that ecosystem just to add that extra layer of defense so small companies going right the way up to enterprise it doesn't matter it works for them works them in terms of budget, works them in terms of uh, operational support and overhead as well. Now, I'm going to test your knowledge of Australia on this trip with a little quiz question. Oh, no, go on. Yeah. Um, It's multiple choice. When did Australia gain independence from Britain? And, oh, look at this. It's, It's only centuries. So we've got A, the 1700s, B, the 1600s, C, the 1900s, or D, the 1800s? Gosh, I think it was very, very early 1900s. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, Nigel, it's been fantastic to have you on. Enjoy your trip here. 
up your fame. Wonderful. I'm sure you're going to be a very popular man, given that Australia's mantle is, I think, the most um, breached country. <laughs> I think every single one of our citizens has their data on the dark web. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's driven. I'm very happy to talk to anyone. So, yeah, brilliant. But lovely to be here. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, you can follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you're coming back, thanks for supporting the show. And if you're new, hit the follow button in your podcast player. We release new episodes every week. Until the next time, keep well. Fintech Chatter is produced by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. We'll find world-class leadership talent, to build world-class fintech ventures. And you can find us at tier1people.com.